still, if, if you want to do something that's cool, I know some of y'all are on Facebook, you got your, your friends and all that, go ahead and check in, tell, tell them you were at Gratis today, I've checked in. And then another thing is, before you leave, go out and have a picture taken in front of the balloons and the seven. And so that's another way of putting it out there. Hey, I was at Gratis today celebrating seven years of what God's done in his church, okay? And so I just wanted to do a few things. I'm not going to talk but maybe 15, 20 minutes uh, to share with you some good truths today, and, and we're going to uh, move on. But the history, to give you a little bit of our history, on 10-10-10, we had our first informative meeting at Gratis. That was in my house, and I'll never forget it, 10-10-10. And we had about uh, 30-something people that showed up. One of the things, do you have that picture, Jessica? We had a picture actually taken. I believe, Marsha, you might have actually taken the picture. Because I looked around and I said, where's Marsha? Cal was in it, but Marsha wasn't. Pull that up for us. Can you see it? Bring the lights down there, Josh, and we'll see that a little bit better. Okay. And that was who was there on that first meeting. Now, I don't know if y'all noticed this, but on the right over there, I love New York. That's our drummer. That's Luke. But next to him, next to him is Matt. And I wanted y'all to see that because Matt, Matt is, I want us to pray for Esther. Because 12 years ago today, I officiated their wedding at Bethlehem Church. And so Esther's not with us today because it was just too hard for Esther to be here on their anniversary. It's their first one. So let's just take a moment and let's stop and let's pray for, for Esther, okay? Let's pray for her. Uh, Lord, uh, we're family. And right now, Esther is hurting. And I just pray for you to comfort her. And I've, I join with all of the people in this room that have known Matt and Esther and their precious family all these years. And God, we, we will never understand, but we truly look to you and we trust you. And so I just uh, pray you wrap your arms around our sister Esther and may she be encouraged and loved by you and the body of Christ today. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Well, it was on that day that we gathered. And then uh, we had a gathering at the park, in, I think, in November. And then uh, the people decided, hey, we want to start meeting in the home. And we, that year, it was uh, January 1st of 2011. So it was actually on 1-1-1-1. So we had the 10-10-10 going on and the 1-1-1-1. So I'm, I'm talking about a number today, the number seven. So the significance of numbers and how this has played out. And so I remember that day I spoke out of Matthew chapter 6, verse 33, that says, Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and then all these things will be added to you. That was the message. It was about seek first. And what better way to do it than on the first day of the year? And so we met for three months. And I, I still remember walking around in, the, in my home and looking out the window going, God, is anybody going to come? Is anybody going to come? And I remember thinking that, and guess what? They, they did come, and slowly but surely, they were, we met in our, in our house, and the children met in the basement, and 
they started gathering in the, the balcony on the steps and, and that's, hey, we had it for three months and then finally it was getting to that point that Angie said, listen, I can't take this anymore. And, well, I loved it. She had to have the house clean and straight, you know, by Sunday. And so if, you, if you're one of those that like everything picked up, then boy, at having church every Sunday, you knew it was going to happen. But uh, we had that going on, and then finally we started meeting here in April. And April the 3rd was uh, our first time we met here. Now, Anthony came. Uh, and he's our custodian here. He's the one that always opens the door for us. And I, I bragged on Anthony. And Anthony, if you'd hear me back there in the office, I'm waving at you, bro. Anthony has not missed church at gratis. He's the least one that has missed of anybody. He's only missed twice in seven years. That's how faithful he's been to open these doors and make sure we are able to meet it. Man, I think we ought to, you ought to tell Anthony, uh, give him a clap. And give him a pat on the back. The, number one, that's faithful. That's committed. And also his help to be able to do all that. To be able to open the doors for us. But that's what that brother has done on our behalf. But we met on April the 3rd. But guess what? Anthony didn't show up the next Sunday. That was one of the times he didn't. And we showed up. We were ready to have church. And we couldn't get in the building. Some of y'all know y'all were here. And so guess what? We had church right out front. And Angie still remembers playing on the keyboard and the wind was blowing the sheet music off. And, uh, but it happened right out there. And, and, and fortunately, it was April the, the 17th. We didn't meet on the 10th. And that's what threw Anthony off. We, met, we skipped a Sunday and visited other churches. And then we came back on the 17th. Well, long story short, that we went on meeting for a few months and then we launched on August the 14th of 2011. That was our first gathering. And so that's why we always celebrate the second Sunday of August. And so we've been sweating it at Gratis Park all these years, but I had enough of you uh, come to me and share and persuade me to let's don't do this anymore or let's move our birthday. I believe Richard said, let's move our birthday to October <laughs> is what he said. So the next best thing was let's do the breakfast. And, and boy, that was a good idea, good idea. But we will do a barbecue coming up in October, y'all, and so we'll do that. So what has happened over these seven years, the main thing that has touched me about it all is God's faithfulness and God's provision, but more importantly, how God has brought people, you. He's brought people. We, we pray to God God, you send forth people from the north, the south, the east, and the west. That's what we ask for. And we just ask God to wake people up and, and move in their heart and say, you know what, I need to go to church today. I need to go, and I want to check out that place. And that, like I shared with you earlier, we've had close to probably 800 to 1,000 people that have come through our doors. We've got probably about five, 450 in our Data, database, our online database. And we, we went through and cleaned up the records some time ago. But I know we've had that many. And you know what else God's done? He's provided financially. And I'm so thankful that every penny that's given is given to missions. When you are a church plant, whether it's staff, whether it's for children, for youth, 
for our senior adults, our welcome center. Every penny that's gone out has been for ministry. And I, I went back and did a little research, and we've had right at $800,000 has been given since this church started. Now, that's pretty cool. You know why I tell you that? We have no debt. No debt. Every piece of equipment, every trailer, including the 14 and a half acres right out on Perry Smith Road, has been bought and paid for by God. Now, isn't that awesome? Now, that's a praise right there, y'all. And the good news is, we currently have about $121,000 in our building fund. And our building team is meeting tomorrow night, and we're going to be discussing the next stages. we got a pavilion that's going to be coming out there soon, and we're going to be getting a water run out there soon, and hopefully some power out that way soon. And so things are beginning to move toward that direction. And hopefully with God's leading and guidance and providing, uh, my hope and, and plans, and as our team prays about it, is that we might be uh, looking to start moving some dirt out there and grading by next summer. But it all depends on the giving. And our, we went through our Believe campaign, and we had pledges given for three years that totaled about 220000 But do you all know we've already had close to about $45,000 given since, all, since April uh, into our building fund, and that's incredible. I told Larry Cheek, who led our campaign, and he was blown away. He could not believe we've had that much given. I said, that's God working in the hearts. But I wanted to encourage you by this. Uh, you know, when you go through a, believe, uh, a giving campaign, not everybody is excited about it. And, and they, not everybody uh, feels like that they can do anything. So some people kind of quit coming. And, or they don't participate. But I wanted to encourage all of you by saying this. It's not how much you give that matters. It's the fact that you do give to participate. It's not equal giving. It's equal sacrifice. It, it means I get to be a part of this. Because some can give a lot. And some can only give a small amount. But, there's, but that doesn't matter. It's not the amount. I told uh, someone earlier in the breakfast that grandma we had our first meeting on 10 10 10 grandma was there and we was getting ready to leave and grandma said whoa 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 we're not going anywhere i said why she said we ain't taking up an offering i hadn't even thought about taking up an offering man I, I was just hoping glad people were there and and she was the first one to say hey i want to plant the seed and god has blessed out of that faithfulness and so I'm just letting y'all know that that's, that's part of the backstory of what God's doing. But it's incredible to know this, that when we went through our Believe campaign, we had even some singles or 20-year-olds that don't think they don't have much money. And, uh, but one of them said, you know what? I'm going to give. I'm going to give something. And that, that was cool. But here's where that helps the whole church. And uh, Russell will vouch for this. Even though that person says it's just one single, I'm going to give, guess what? They become a giving unit, a giving unit. And you know why that's important? Because the banks down the road, if we look to borrow some money, they look at giving units. And if we go up by giving units, that's a blessing. And we've, you know what? We've actually gone down since the campaign started in giving units, but our giving has gone up even though the numbers drop down. But that's God at work. 
So I, I just wanted to share all of that, a little backstory with you, and just give you a little insight of what God's got us on the journey ahead. Remember this, you're never more like Jesus than you are during an offering. You're never more like Jesus than you are during an offering. Now, I didn't come up with that. Johnny Hunt, I heard him do it over at Woodstock First Baptist. And every time the offering was taken, he said, you're never more like Jesus than during an offering. Yes. All right, so today, if you got your Bibles, turn with me to Genesis chapter 2, and we're going to look at this. Uh, we're starting a series called Seven. Seven. Now, there was a survey given. 30,000 people were surveyed to give their favorite number. Guess what number one was? You got it. Seven. Of all the choices of numbers in all of the world, the number seven was picked number one. And guess what number two is? Well, it's up here. You, I don't, you don't have to guess. It's on the screen. Was three. Now, what's your favorite number? What's yours? Shout it out. Seven. What's your favorite number? Three? Twelve. Fifteen? Thirteen. Oh, you unlucky thirteen. Is it lucky or unlucky? Well, you know, people think thirteen's unlucky. Have you ever been on an elevator and looked and they don't, they don't have a thirteenth floor? Have you ever noticed that? They skip from twelve to fourteen? That's kind of weird, isn't it? I wonder if there is a thirteen or not. Or if it's the twilight zone. You never know. But, but listen, people always associate 13 as the unlucky number, but what is lucky seven? So we're going to kind of look at, over the next few weeks, what is the meaning of this number seven? Here's some facts. There's seven days in a week. Along the roads, it was... Uh, the people way ahead of us decided in the plan there was going to be seven days a week. Guess where that came from? Guess where they got the idea? Right here in the text we're going to be in today. Because God created things in six days and then on the seventh day he rested. So it was established based upon the Bible. Seven days in a week. There are seven colors in a rainbow. Now, can you name those seven colors? I'm not going to test you, but there's seven colors in the rainbow. Now, I've seen all of you posting when the rainbow shows up on Facebook. I've seen you posting your pictures. And what's so cool about that is that's God's promise. Every time you see a, a rainbow, it's a reminder of the covenant of God where he said, I will never again flood the planet with water. Now, we've had some big rains before, and we think we're going to have to need an ark, but it's not like it was then, <laughs> okay? And here's next. Caleb appreciate this. There's seven notes on the musical scale. Isn't that interesting? Seven notes on the musical scale. Tickle the keys and play those notes. Here's another fact. Seven seas. There's seven seas in the world. And then there's seven continents. Always Now, I taught all of this at Athens Tech years ago, but do you know what the continents are? But more importantly, do you know which continent you're on? <laughs> oh, let's see, man, like uh, America? I think I'm on Georgia. 
Is that my cousin? <laughs> you, would not, you would not believe the answers I've gotten from students. You would not believe. You, yeah, you might believe. But, but name them. Some of y'all are going, don't be Googling it right now to find out what all the continents are. Some of you are doing that, checking them out. But anyway, I pray. I do this. I have a system where I, I pray for each of a different continent every day of the week. And I have a system that I know that day is the day I pray for the people in that continent. Now, Antarctica doesn't have a whole lot of people, okay? But I still pray for those frozen people up in Antarctica. You know, I still do. I pray they stay warm and not get frozen to death. But uh, there's also something pretty cool. I think Snow White ran away with seven... Gorns. wonder why there were seven. Pretty interesting, isn't it? And then there's the famous... James Bond. He's not 008, is he? He's not 006. He's 007. So it's kind of interesting, this number seven. The number seven is found more than, guess what? 700 times in the Bible. In fact, in Revelation chapter 1 alone, the word seven or seventh, is mentioned 11 times in the first chapter of the book of Revelation. So this number 7 is very significant. So I ask this question, what is the significance of the number 7 in the Bible? And here's the key. It represents something being complete or divine perfection. That's what it represents. It represents something being complete or divine per perfection. The no and then it brings up this question. Is the number seven God's number? And there are those that believe in, there's even this thing called numerology out there that gets into a study of all the numbers and what's the significance of the numbers. It's, it's interesting that the Babylon, Babylonians their, their main number is 60. Why they chose 60, I don't know. But the question has been raised many times, is seven God's number? Is it? And so we're going to look at some of that. And we might, you may or may not get the answer, but seven is definitely a significant number because it's mentioned more than any other number in all of the Bible. Think about that. So there's significance to it. So... Does God care about numbers? I think he does. He's got a whole book in the Bible called what? Numbers. And where the people of Israel were numbered. So some of y'all might be thinking, well, I'm going to go play the numbers today. I'm going to go play the numbers. Well, if you're going to play them, how many people write down seven? They do. Seven is written down more than any other number. So look with me to what God says in his word about this. Genesis chapter 2, verse 1 through 3. It says, Thus the heavens and the earth were completed. Completed, y'all. That's the key. And all their hosts of heaven were completed. And then verse 2. By the seventh day, God completed his work, which he had done. And he rested on the seventh day from all the work which he had done. 
And then, verse 3, then God blessed the seventh day, and he sanctified it because in it he rested from all of his work which God had created and made. So we see this word seven or seventh multiple times in this passage with creation. Now, here's something that's very significant, and it's this. Uh, what day in the creation week was man created? Male and female, he created them. What day was it? Do you know? He created man on the sixth day. Look back up in Genesis chapter 1, and you see, you can read in verse uh, 27. It said, God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. And it goes on to say, God blessed and all that. But then verse uh, 31 says, God saw all that he made, and behold, it was very good. And there was evening and there was morning, and it was the sixth day. Now, here's what's interesting. Because of that, the number six has been associated with man. And God, if, if man is associated with six, then God is associated with seven. Okay? In the completion process. In fact, in Revelation, it speaks about the number of man. And it says, and then the mark of the beast is actually going to be the three numbers, which is six, 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 will be the mark of the beast. And it's given the number of man repeated three times. And do you know that when the end times come, unless you have the mark of the beast, the mark of man, which is six, 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 you won't be able to buy, sell, or trade. You won't be able to get gas. You won't be able to get food. You won't be able to do anything unless you get that mark. That's how they're going to try to control. And that's why Christians or whoever's got to flee to the mountains and get away from it. But that's a whole different message. But the point is, the number of man is six, six, or is six. But the number of God being associated with is number seven. Now, here's a, here's a cheesy joke, but it's worth it to tell it. Do you know why six is afraid of seven? Because seven, eight, nine. That's cheesy. Have you ever heard it before? Yeah. Why is six afraid of seven? I, I, Cody was back there. I know that because seven, eight, nine. All right. But anyway, but the number of six, the number six associated with man, man falls short of God. Seven is greater than six. Some of you math teachers know that seven is what kind of number? I looked at my son over there, and he mouthed the words. He, he teaches. He's taught math. Anybody else know? Seven is what kind of number? Prime number. Why? Because it can't be divided by anything else but itself in one. Divided by one is seven. It's a prime number. And here's the key as we think about that. I remember when, when the Bible says that we've all sinned, and we fall short of the glory of God. Every man has sinned. We've all, nobody measures up. Listen, good people don't make it into heaven. 
Only those people that have been forgiven make it into heaven. And I was, I was going uh, for therapy the morning after my surgery. The physical therapist showed up at 10 o'clock, and I had had a rough night, had not slept. My wife had not slept. And he said, how are you doing? And I said, you don't even want to know. And then he said, I'm going to get you up here in a few hours, and, and you got to do some things before you can leave this hospital. And I said, well, tell me what, and I'll do it. And so I had to go down there. I had to get on the stairs. And so as I got ready to go up the stairs, he said this phrase, up with the good and down with the bad. Okay? And so I've... For those of you that have been through PT, you know what that means. If you're going to, you got a bad leg, you got to go up with your good one and you come down the stairs with your bad one. And then he knew I was a pastor as we talked and, uh, and he said, that'll preach. Up with the good, down with the bad. And I, I kind of chuckled and then I said, well, I said, but that's not totally true because there's none good, no, not one. That's what Romans 3 says. And he said, what do you mean? I said, I want to, I said, if, you, if I can share this with you, will you use it? It's up, up with the forgiven and down with the unforgiven. Or up with the righteous and down with the unrighteous. But the good and the bad and the ugly, whatever, it don't matter. The good and the bad and the ugly are all headed in one direction. And it's the wrong way. And the only way to know the right way is to follow the only way, which is Jesus. Jesus said, I've come that you may have life and have it abundantly. And Jesus said to the disciples, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and that no man comes to God except through me. Now, you might say that's narrow-minded. But I would say to you this. What is amazing is that there is any way to God. That there is even a way to God. That's what I'd say to you. It's not that it's a narrow way. It's the fact that there is a way because of who we are and how righteous and holy God is. But God has provided a way. And you know, there's a lot of religions in the world, but listen, there's a lot of religious people that wanted to be God, but there's only one God who became man, <laughs> and it was Jesus. And he humbled himself. And I talked to y'all last week about who is God looking for. Is the humble person, the broken person, and the one who trembles at his word, that's what Jesus did. He humbled himself, and he gave his life. And so, why is seven greater than six? Because six is man's number, and seven is complete, is whole, is God. It's divine protection. Per, I mean, perfection, not protection, but divine perfection, and it's God's. And that's what God, that's why seven is greater than six. A couple of interesting things in this text is this. You see the word completed. You see that. And then I also look at that word he rested. Isn't that interesting that God rested? You think God was tired? No. But he rested. The word rested actually means the word, the Hebrew word is, is sabbat. And that's where we get the word Sabbath. And so... In Deuteronomy, it says, in Deuteronomy chapter 5, verse 12, it says, remember the Sabbath and keep it holy. And we are to observe the Sabbath. And it's the, the holy day. 
And that is a day of rest. And that's what God did. And he, he did it the seventh day. And he did that for all of us. He said, six days man shall work, but on the seventh he shall rest. Now, if you know somebody that likes to brag about working, being a seven-day-a-work person, it's just a matter of time that they're going to burn out. I've been with people in counseling before, and I've heard a man tell, uh, brag about, I've been working for 30-something years, and I've never taken my family on a vacation. I said, and you proud of that? Are you, do you think that's success? I'm, I'm going, man, if you've worked that long, you better, you better be taking them somewhere. You better be loving on them and spending time, because why? At the end of it all, what matters most is relationship. You can have all the money in the world. You can work and work and work and think you've accomplished great things, but if the folks around you don't love you and care for you, you've missed it. And that's why God reveals to us the most important thing is Him coming to establish a relationship with you and me. That's why seven's greater than six. Seven came down to take care of six because He knew six, even though He created us, He knew that we were going to mess up. He took a chance, and he still knew we were going to mess up. How many of you have messed up this past week? You messed up. How many of you are forgiven of that mess up? Okay. The key is, if you're not forgiven, that's the wages of your mess up is death. But the free gift of God is eternal life through Jesus. Is this making sense? I hope it is. Because God cares deeply about you. And the final thing I share with you is here. It says, then God blessed and he, the seventh day and he sanctified it. He set it apart to make it holy. That's what that word sanctified means. It means set apart. Angie and I did this little exercise yesterday morning. And I want to challenge you as a family this week to do it. Some of you that raised your hand earlier in the service and when I said, how many of y'all been with me or been at Gratis since we started? And so many hands went up in the room. But then there are those that have joined since then. But I challenge you to do this. And Angie and I did it yesterday morning. We, we just said, what, what has God done in the last seven years? And I began to look around and I looked at the number of babies that had been born in Gratis. When we first started, we didn't have babies. And then God started giving us children. Babies started coming. And we prayed for it. Miss Elsie and others joined that team of prayer. And, and by the way, she's a prayer warrior, y'all. If you want somebody that's got it connected and dialing in, you get Miss Elsie to pray for you. But we prayed for babies, and they have come. And then we began to talk about the transformed lives. We did a thing called Bubba Dynasty. Clay and Amy came and they became Bubba's. Yeah, she's a Bubette, okay? He's a Bubba. But they became Bubba's. And you remember Bubba? Believing you, you be born again. John chapter 3. That's an easy gospel message. Bubba. But they became Bubba's. They were baptized. And you know what? I'm excited. 45 of those have been here. I told Zaria uh, earlier at the breakfast, I said, Zaria, do you realize you were number 45 of the transformed lives that we have? But I've watched you 
And I've seen some of you that were, the day you started here, and I see where you are now, and you are a totally changed and different person than you were years ago. I see it in you. And I, I go, wow, look at how God, look at how many babies God's blessed you with. Look at what he's done in your life. Look at the change and the transformation that I've seen in you. Cody, your dad, Charles, he was, I saw God transform him. I saw a man come in here, and Angie and I were talking about it, but a man that was kind of, you could see it on his face, but at the, after coming a whole year, he, his whole countenance had changed. But that was transformation, you know? And those kind of things we don't take for granted. And then we started looking at our own children, and we said, how had they changed in the last seven years? And what has, look at the changes in their life. And boy, we, we had a God moment yesterday, moment yesterday morning. So I encourage you, look, sit down with your family. Sit down with people that care about you and talk about, let's just look at our life over the, maybe the last three years or the last seven, however long it's been. But you look at that and then you go, well, if God's done this, I'm so glad that I'm not who I used to be, but God has taken me from here, and he's brought me over here, and guess what? He's not finished with me yet. He's still working on me to make me more over, like him over here. But that's the process, y'all. So that's today's message, and so I close with this. What, is God say, what has God said to you today in this message about seven? and the significance of it. What's the one thing out of what you've heard today that's spoken to your heart? And then, what is it that you're going to do about it? God doesn't want us just to be hearers of his word. He wants us to be doers of his word. That's what he tells us in the book of James. Okay? So I want to pray over you. If you would, just bow your head. And uh, we're going to have a prayer. And then we're going to have a time of reflection and invitation. And then, um, and then we'll be wrapping up. God, thank you. Thank you that you are greater than any sin that we could ever commit. Thank you that the blood of Jesus covered and paid the price for us falling short. And even at the end of six weeks, you, everything you had created was good, but you rested on that Sabbath. You showed us the example. You told us to get away, come apart, sanctified. And so, Lord, uh, we do that on this day. We celebrate you on the first day of the week. We don't come together on Saturday, and the reason we worship you on Sunday is because you rose from the dead that first morning, that Sunday morning. And that's why Christians all around the world gather on this day, is to celebrate the risen Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. But you are greater than any sin that's in our life. And I pray for that person right now in this room that may have felt like they had to be good enough to get to you, or they had to clean their life up in order to come to you. Listen, you will never become great enough because six is not greater than seven. It never will be. And what you need is to be divinely perfected by the blood of Jesus Christ. 
So I'm going to ask you this. It's not about being up with the good, down with the bad. It's about, am I forgiven? Because if I'm not forgiven, that means my sin is still on me. And so you might be saying, well, how can I be forgiven? It simply goes like this. God, this here is mine. And I know I have blown it. I know I have sinned. And I know I have fallen short of your standing. And I realize today, because of that, that I was separated from you. And you had to do something about it. You had to leave and send your, you had to make a choice. You had to send your son to leave the presence of heaven and come to this earth and live a perfect life and then die on a cross for me. And so right now, God, I recognize that Jesus paid the penalty for my sin on that cross. And right now, I embrace what Jesus did on my behalf, and I ask you to forgive me. And God, I invite you to come into my life and to take over. Would you come in and would you fill me with your spirit? And today, would you make me a brand new person? Because I want to have a birthday, a spiritual birthday with you. And friend, if, if you pray a prayer like that, and you mean it with your heart, the Bible says that those whoever calls upon the name of the Lord will be saved. Will be saved. So if that's you today, I want you to take a moment before the ushers come, and I want you to fill out on your card, I prayed and I accepted Jesus today. And he has, gone, he has changed my life. That's you. And for those of us that uh, have already been forgiven, let's celebrate the fact that we get to be a part of, of a church that's out to make an eternal difference in the kingdom of God. Hallelujah. Praise your name. Hallelujah. For the grace to minister in your name. In Christ's name I pray. Amen.